for the last 48 hours. Unrelenting rain. Torrents of water falling straight down out of opaque clouds. At times, the rainfall had been so heavy that you couldn't see across the river to the opposite bank. Low-lying areas had become lakes. Roads had been closed due to flooding. Gutters roiled with currents as swift as whitewater rapids. The barkeep wiped lemon juice from his fingers and cleaned the blade of his knife on a towel. This rain? Can't say I blame him for calling off the search. They'll probably never find the body now. But I guess that means it'll forever remain a mystery. Was it murder or suicide? He tossed aside his towel and leaned on the bar. What do you think happened? His customer looked up at him with bleary eyes and said hoarsely, I know what happened. Six weeks earlier. The murder trial of Robert Savage was in its fourth day. Homicide detective Duncan Hatcher was wondering what the hell was going on. As soon as court had reconvened after the lunch break, the defendant's attorney, Stan Adams, had asked the judge for a private meeting. Judge Laird, as perplexed by the request as ADA Mike Nelson, had nonetheless granted it and the three had withdrawn to chambers. The jury had retired to the jury room, leaving only the spectators to question the significance of this unexpected conference. They'd been out for half an hour. Duncan's anxiety grew with each passing minute. He wanted the trial to proceed without a blip, without any hitch that could result in an easy appeal or, God forbid, an overturned verdict. That's why this behind-closed-doors powwow was making him so nervous. His impatience eventually drove him out into the corridor where he paced, but never out of earshot of the courtroom. From this fourth-floor vantage point, he watched a pair of tugs guide a merchant ship along the channel toward the ocean. Then, unable to stand the suspense, he returned to his seat in the courtroom. Duncan, for heaven's sake, sit still. You're squirming like a two-year-old. To pass the time, his partner, Detective D.D. Bowen, was working a crossword puzzle. What could they be talking about in there? Plea bargain? Manslaughter, maybe? Get real, he said. Savage wouldn't admit to a parking violation, much less a hit. What's a seven-letter word for surrender? Dee Dee asked. Abdicate. She looked at him with annoyance. How'd you come up with that so fast? I'm a genius. She tried the word. Not this time. Abdicate doesn't fit. Besides, that's eight letters. Then I don't know. The defendant, Robert Savage, was seated at the defense table looking way too complacent for a man on trial for murder, and much too confident to allay Duncan's anxiety. As though feeling Duncan stare on the back of his neck, Savage turned and smiled at him. His fingers continued to idly drum the arms of his chair as though keeping time to a catchy tune only he could hear. His legs were casually crossed. He was a portrait of composure. To anyone who didn't know him, Robert Savage looked like a respectable businessman with a slightly rebellious flair for fashion. For court today, he was dressed in a suit of conservative gray, but the slim tailoring of it was distinctly European. His shirt was pale blue, his necktie lavender. His signature ponytail was sleek and glossy. A multi-carat diamond glittered from his earlobe. The classy clothes, his insouciance, were elements of his polished veneer, which gave no indication of the unconscionable criminal behind them. 
He'd been arrested and brought before the grand jury on numerous charges that included several murders, one arson, and various lesser felonies, most of which were related to drug trafficking. But over the course of his long and illustrious career, he'd been indicted and tried only twice. The first had been a drug charge. He'd been acquitted because the state failed to prove their case, which, granted, was flimsy. His second trial was for the murder of one André Bonnet. Savage had blown up his house. Along with ATF agents, Duncan had investigated the homicide. Unfortunately, most of the evidence was circumstantial, but it had been believed strong enough to win a conviction. However, the DA's office had assigned a green prosecutor who didn't have the savvy or experience necessary to convince all the jurors of Savage's guilt. The trial had resulted in a hung jury. But it hadn't ended there. It was discovered that the young ADA had also withheld exculpatory evidence from attorney Stan Adams. The hue and cry he raised.